Hello, and welcome to Wagon Wheel Coffee Table. It's a film podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast. This is episode 9. I'm your host, Ellis. Um, before we get into the main episode today, I I don't know if anyone else has this, where, like, a memory, an old memory will, like, unlock, like, something you've forgotten about um, will just kind of pop into your head again, like, something that happened ages ago, and just, like, the memory will resurface. Well, I had it um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, like, a few weeks ago now, and I've been thinking about it since, and... But okay, I'll say this before I start the video. I want to know if if I was being catfished. I'd like to know some people's opinions on if I was being catfished. So, <laughs> that's a good start to the story. So this was back... This was back in 2000 and... F- hmm, I'm not sure. I was maybe like 14, 15, I think. And there was this new app at school... That was like going round. It wasn't everyone. Not everyone was using it, but a few people were using it. Called Meow Chat. Now I don't know if this was something that a lot of schools were using, but it was kind of like a mixture of Instagram and Tinder. So there'd be like tabs. So one tab would be like swiping left and right. Um, one tab would be um, like searching. You can just search for people. One tab would be like your like. This person liked your picture, this person followed you, that kind of thing. And another tab would be your, like, Instagram page. So, like, you'd upload photos to it, you'd have a bio, you'd have a profile picture, all that kind of stuff. It's basically Tinder and Instagram mixed together. Um, so you could just, you could search for people, I think, and you, but you could also, like, do the swiping left and right thing and message people straight from there. I don't, I'm not sure you had to match with people. You could just like message people straight away. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think you had to match. I think just like people came up, and you could message them, or you could not message them. I guess. Anyway, um, so this was like going around, and I actually. So yeah, this was this was kind of going around at school, and I downloaded the app, and we just we were just kind of like me, and a couple of my friends were just messing about on it, um. And I I can't remember how it started, but I started talking to this girl completely, like, platonically. And we, like, used to talk on, like, Snapchat and, and Meowchat. And it was mainly Snapchat we used to talk on. Um, and I think, I can't remember, she was at school as well. Um, and she, I think she lived in Scotland, I think that's right. Um, and there was nothing, like, going on between us. We were just kind of chatting. We were just, like... I don't know, just every day we'd just talk a little bit. Um, I don't know if from their perspective, if it wasn't platonic, but there was no, like, romantic things going on. We just used to talk a lot. Um, And we had, like, a few things in common. Um, I remember talking to her about, like, what YouTubers I watched, and they were similar. Like, I had a CTFXC shirt, and she, oh, I watch CTFXC as well. Um, Anyway... So yeah, we used to Snapchat and stuff, and like she, Snapchat, using Snapchat, you'd send pictures, right? So I knew, I think I 
she'd send like a face on sometimes or like just like pictures of what she was doing so i think from that perspective that bit isn't the catfish that i'm talking about because i think that bit's real anyway so we're kind of like chatting along for a long time right remember on snapchat we used to have best friends um she was in like, top of my best friends used to talk quite a lot um and then i this other girl messaged me and I can't remember at this time how long we'd been me and this girl had been like talking to each other. Um, but anyway, this this other girl messaged me, um, and we kind of like talk sometimes. And I can't remember how I found out this, um, but me and this other girl would only talk on meow chat. We we wouldn't talk on anything else. I wouldn't talk on meow chat. Um, and she didn't have that many pictures. Um, and to, and I can't remember how this came up, but it basically came out that this girl and this new girl was the sister of the girl that I was like kind of online friends with. Um, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird coincidence, but I guess you know, that's that's kind of that's it's a weird coincidence. Um, that the sister would also, you know, talk, like, find me and talk to me. Um, and I didn't know that this, uh, this original girl had a sister. But, you know, I didn't really think much of it. And, like, I remember this, this sister would, like, start sending me, like, quite graphic message. Well, not graphic, but, like, quite, like, provocative messages sometimes. And I just kind of, like jokily I wouldn't engage in it because I was 14 I I guess and it was I don't know it just it felt very weird so I I would I wouldn't like dismiss it but I wouldn't like um uh engage in it in any way and then it kind of got it was if it was like a bit later on and I think we were kind of this me and the original girl were kind of talking a bit less um and I got a message, I remember getting a message saying, um, Ellis, my sister's missing. We can't find her anywhere. My, my sister's missing, we can't find her. Um, and, obviously, I knew her sister, or I thought I knew her sister. So I was, like, messaging her, saying, like, oh, are you okay? Your sister's worried about you, your family worried about you, where are you? Um... I don't, this is, I, I'm very hazy on what happened, but I can't, I think they found her quite soon after, like, I was told about it, like, that night she was found, or, like, I was told she was found the next morning, like, the, ori- the original girl, I'm not saying names, because I, I can only remember the original girl's name, I can't remember anyone else's name, like, she messaged me, like, the morning after saying, oh, I think she was found, or something, something like that. So that was kind of a first thing where I was like, this is, I'm kind of like in the middle of this family drama. This seems very strange. Um, And then I think we kind of continued to talk, but not as much. Um, I was kind of, I remember like some people at school were seeing this random girl's name in my best friends and were like, who's this? It's like, oh, it's just someone I talk to. I was getting quite, I think, embarrassed or... And like I, I kind of became aware that maybe it's a bit, it's weird that I'm talking to 
a girl who lives in Scotland who I've never met. Um, and again, it wasn't a romantic relationship at all, but it just seemed weird. Um, and then I remember getting a message. This was kind of a while after getting a message on me out chat again from another girl. And we kind of talks like a little bit. Um, and then she started talking about this girl at school that she bullied. Like, and she was quite like proud of te- of teasing this girl. Um, and she, she was kind of saying, oh yeah, she's this, she's that, she's ugly, she's all these things. Um, and her name is da da da. Um, and I can't remember how we, how we, how I figured out, or how we figured out that it was the girl, the original girl that she was talking about. So now I've got these three girls. The original, the original, like I don't know how. That's how I'm describing it. The original, who I'd spoken to on Snapchat, I'd seen pictures of her, like that she'd taken on Snapchat. So I knew she was re- she was real. And then these two new girls, one was the sister, and one was this popular girl at school who was bullying the original girl and those two was just I was just talking to them on meow chat they only had a few pictures on meow chat and he had really brief conversations not that often um and I just and that really freaked me out it's like these three this is this is an app that's global and these three people all from what from what I understood a small village in Scotland it all found me. And it was... It really freaked me out at the time. And I basically just, like... Cut off... All ties. Because I was really freaked out. I was like, oh my god, who are these people? How how did they find me? And actually, thinking about it now... Because that was my reaction. Now I'm thinking maybe there wasn't... A search thing on Meowchat. I'm trying to... Basically, I can't remember how they would have... I'm not really sure how all the two extra... Or how the two other people would have found me. Because it's too much of a coincidence that I just they just stumbled upon me. And within the conversation, we just happened to figure out that, oh, I know that girl. Anyway, so I... So now I'm kind of... Th- I, I kind of forgot totally about this. This, this thing. And... Like I said, like a few weeks ago, I, re- I just had, I just, this memory for some reason just hit me again. It's like this thing that happened. I hadn't thought about it in years. Again, it's been ages since, since this happened. And I'm starting to think that maybe because, because I was, I think I was, st- basically I'm scared that the two second girls, the second and third girl were actually the original girl trying to talk to me and trying to like and I'm I don't know how to say this but like the two the soon the, the the sister in inverted commas and the bully were kind of talking about how like they were prettier and like this this original girl is like fat and ugly and all these kinds of things but I never it's just really difficult because it's like such a blurry memory. But basically, I'm I what 
now I'm reliving the memory over the last couple of weeks. I'm kind of thinking that maybe, the, yeah, the, the second and third girl were profiles set up by the original girl to try and, like, f- make me feel sorry for the original girl or make me, like, more intertwined. It's just so weird. Maybe from me describing the story, it seems like that's, like, a bit of a reach. But now I'm really thinking about this. It seems like that could have definitely happened just because I never saw the two extra girls' faces. They were very quick to reveal who they were. <sighs> but maybe they were just, they just knew of me. Like maybe this, this original girl had spoken about me and they just found me. But I remember being really freaked out. And now I, now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, was I a catfish? Was this original girl set up with these profiles to try and talk to me? Because I was like, after a while, like not really talking to her that much. Um, and then that's when these people started cropping up. And I and I remember thinking like, oh, the, the sister fandom is weird. And then again, after after the whole, like the sister went missing and everything, I was like, oh, I'm way too involved with this family that I've never met. Um, and then as soon as I started like distancing myself again, this bully at school props up and is talking about like, oh yeah, she's so ugly. She's, she's so annoying. Yeah, we, we, we bully her like, I don't know if bullies are ever like that. I don't know. I'm just very... I just... For some reason, I just wanted to talk about... I I want to talk about this. I don't know if I've ever really spoken to anyone about this. But it was just a very strange time. And I just remembered it. And I'm not sure now that I'm thinking about it. Was I... Was it just a really weird coincidence? Or a really... Like... This, like, small village all knew who I was. Um, Or were the two... Or maybe all three were catfish. But I don't think so. Maybe the two, the second and third girl were catfished from the first girl. I don't know. I'm kind of, just kind of wanted to try and, basically why I'm saying it is that maybe saying it out loud would make things clearer to me, but it hasn't. I don't really know what was happening. Um, But yeah, that happened. So yeah, the internet is a scary place. Um, And I can't believe I completely forgot about that happening as well. Like, that was such a... A crazy moment when I was like, I don't know, I think I was 14. That was such a weird moment in my life. And I felt like I was kind of, I felt like I was like in the Matrix that like, it was just such a freaky time and I forgot about it. And now thinking about it again, I'm still like kind of freaked out about it. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know why I told that story. It was just, it's been on my mind recently a lot and I just kind of wanted to get it all out. It was a weird thing that happened. Um, and now I'm trying to think of a link to the film that I'm going to be... That I'm talking about today. Um, okay. let me. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Speaking of uh, weird um, things that happened... Uh, today, in today's episode, episode 9 of the Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast... Uh, we, I, we, it's just me... I am talking about Drive... Stryan Ryan Gosling. However, I'm going to talk about the Radio 1 Zane Lowe re-release, the re-score. Because um, I've seen the original Drive quite a few times, actually. It's a film I, I quite like. Well, I, I would say I really like it. And I saw it on Amazon recently. It just came up. I think I was just searching to see if Drive was available. Because I was kind of, oh, maybe I'll watch it again. It's quite a, quite a good film. 
and this Radio 1 edit popped up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I looked at like the, 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 um, bio, like the synopsis and it was kind of some artists that I'm aware of. Like the 1975, I think I've spoken about when I spoke about my Spotify wrapped in one of the episodes, like they're probably my favorite artist. Um, and a lot of people laugh at me for that. Um, but like that kind of intrigued me that like that this, this film I really like, someone has re-edited it, this Zane Lowe, if you're not aware, he's like a DJ and presenter, um, had re-scored this really good film and used an artist that I really like and other artists that I was aware of, like churches and stuff like that, that I'm kind of aware of and I know some of their songs. So I thought I'd watch it and see what the difference is because I'm quite aware of all the songs that are in Drive and I'm, I've listened to the OST a lot of Drive. So I'm kind of aware of all the songs and I kind of I remember a lot of the differences. So I thought I'd watch it. Um, so just now I've just finished it, finished watching it, and I thought I'd give some thoughts. Because um, I wasn't aware of this happening. I guess I was like, again, I was like 14 when this re-release came out. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd just give my thoughts on the Radio 1 re-release rescore of drive so yeah as i say this this the original uh, was released in 2011 directed by nicholas winding riff riffin i never know i never had to pronounce that it's got really good it's got really good reviews i think it's, it's a lot of people's like not a lot of people's favorite films but a lot of people like this film and then this rescore came out three years later by zane lowe um who added a lot of like more contemporary music i guess or just music he liked, I don't know, artist he liked, um, and I didn't realise, so obviously I've been a fan of the 1975, I don't know, for about 10 years now, like, maybe not 10 years, but around the, probably around the time that this re-score came out is when I was starting to like them, probably a bit further back than that, but anyway, uh, no, actually, probably after this out, because, so the, basically the 1975 song that's in this re-score is Medicine, and that's one of the first songs I remember listening to by the 1975. And I didn't, I hadn't, I thought it was just an original that they put in the film. But I did some research after finishing, and they wrote it specifically for this. And that's kind of crazy that like this film I really like, and this song I really like were like made. F- well, the song was made for the film that I like, which is crazy. I thought they, I thought Zane Lowe just kind of picked a song. Got the artist's permission, picked the song, and used it. But it's it's kind of cool that all the songs in this were wrote for the film, which kind of makes me appreciate I think the rescore more because it was more effort. He wasn't just picking songs that he thought were suitable. He was actually like putting, he was commissioning people to write music, like not very well known people. Obviously, like Churches and Bastille and the Nineteen Seventy Five are very well known now, but back then, not as much. So I think a lot of the music doesn't work. I think the Church's song doesn't work, and I think the Bastille song doesn't work. And there's also another piece of music when the with the kit the big kiss scene play, like there's music during that, which I think completely ruins that scene. Actually, you know what? Before I get into the rescore, I'm gonna talk about the actual film. I think because I think talking about Drive, just like the original Drive and rewatching, because it's still the same film. A lot of, like, the emotional thing is different with the rescore, but... So, this film is really... I guess I can talk about the rescore at the same time as I do this, but... I think 
Drive is a really good film. It's a really cool film, really stylish film. There's a lot good about it. I think the performances are really good. I think they're quite subsurface, if that's a word. Like, they're... All the... Like, Carey Mulligan and uh, Ryan Gosling's performances are all understated. And I really like... That's why I really like Ryan Gosling, because a lot of his performances are like that. Very understated. They're not... They're not there to win him an Oscar, you know? I don't know if that's kind of a bad way of doing it. A bad way of describing it, but it feels very understated, a lot of his acting, and this one in particular. Which I think is also the character as well, but I think he's like that in a lot of his roles. But because of their performance is very understated, I don't really like the script in this film, a lot of it. Um, Because it seems very... And not and the script, not only the script, but also the the blocking. Like everything seems very like heavy handed for the audience. Now, to be honest, because the film is so cool and shot so nicely, and the music for the original is what I mean, is so cool that you don't really notice. But in this, I notice a bit more. So things like the guy who plays Marlin in Finding Nemo, I can't remember his name, his character. When he says, my hands are dirty, that's so obvious what he means, you know? There's no nuance there. He could have just, instead of saying, so, because Ryan Gosling says, my hands are dirty, and he says, so are mine. That's kind of a bit too on the nose. I preferred him to just look at his own hand and go, kind of shake his, like, go, that's fine. And just, I don't know, it just, that, that seems like a more nuanced way of doing it. Then constantly talking about how Brian Car- Brian Cranston Cranston's character has bad luck and he's got a horseshoe tattoo. Um, there's a shot where Irene Carey Mulligan's character and um, Ryan Gosling go back to her house for the first time, and there's a shot. It's a really really nicely composed shot, but it's a little on the nose. But I really like it. I did a bit of a study on it at uni, where she's on the left of screen and on the right of screen is a mirror. And in the corner of the mirror, there's a picture of the husband and this kid. And then obviously in the mirror is Ryan Gosling. And he's like looming over the picture of the husband and the kid. It's really quite clear what that means. It's very clear that shot is telling you exactly what's going on. Yeah, that shot is telling you exactly what's going on. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just very on the nose. It's very like, we're not, we're not giving you any hints. This is like, this is exactly what's happening. Which is fine, I guess, and the film kind of the film does get away with it, and I still like the film because uh, this sounds like I don't like it. But I'm going to give another example. In the original, the score, well, not the score, like the OST, the soundtrack, it it's very also does the same thing. So there's a there's there's the very famous song in it called "A Real Hero," and that kind of plays when he's acting as the hero. He's the he's coming and he's kind of. The point is that he saved this family, I think. Um, he's meant to be the good guy, he's the hero. And then there's uh, another f- uh, song called Under Your Spell. So I think it's the scene... I'm trying to remember because I haven't watched this version today. So it's the scene where there's the party for the husband coming home and Kerry Mulligan's character is kind of like staring off into the distance while Under Your Spell plays. And then in then, then it like cuts between Kerry Mulligan in the party and... Ryan Gosling at home, like, fixing something. And it's kind of under your spell. It's very on-the-nose 
to what that means, you know, they're under each other's spell, she's under his, he's under hers, you know. Yeah, there's no nuance there. But again, because these songs are kind of so cool, it gets away with it. And like they fit the mood so well. They're kind of like you hear that song and you think of the film, or even if you hadn't seen the film, I think if you heard those songs the film you would write to those songs is kind of similar to this. It'd be about driving, it'd be about violence and things like that. And I think what Zane Lowe doesn't really do, and I think it's kind of... Even if he picked the perfect songs, it's kind of unavoidable because the original soundtrack is so iconic and so perfect and probably the best thing or one of the best things about the original film why change it? Why pick that film and change it, you know? It seems like a very weird choice, because I don't have a problem with people doing this as a practice, like rescoring a film. I think it's a good creative process to kind of understand how the soundtrack soundtrack can um, influence the mood and the whole, like, reception, the whole viewing experience of a film. I think it's a good practice. But why do it on a film that where the soundtrack is so beloved and so iconic? It seems like a very, I kind of brave, I guess, brave choice, but a weird choice. Like surely you'd do it. Wait, surely you'd watch a film and go, "Wow, this is a really interesting film." But the soundtrack kind of lets it down. Let me do my own version. Not wow, this film, this wow, drives really cool. Oh my god, the soundtrack's really cool. Let me do better. It just seems pointless, you know. It seems like what. Do choose a film where the soundtrack isn't as good. It's like rescoring Baby Driver. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? It's, it's like it's a huge aspect of the film. Why change it? You know. And that was kind of the attitude that I was going into this this rescore with. I was like, why do this? I'm going to give it a chance because one, my favorite artist is there, and also I kind of want to see the difference. And that's kind of what I get. I and I and I finished it thinking. Some of it worked, but not as well. And some of it really didn't work. Nothing was kind of better. Which then you've not necessarily failed, because I don't think Zane Lowe probably didn't set out to make a better film or make the film any better. But what's the point if you're making it worse, you know? And and in particular, you're kind of... There were a few scenes. There was a scene, I think, where... I can't remember if it was when... Ryan Gosling kills Marlin from Finding Nemo, which is a weird description, or Hellboy. I can't remember the actors' names. Um, but I can't. In this version, it, the music was very somber. It was very like sad and very melancholy. Um, whereas I can't really remember what it was like in the original. So I think that tells me it's different. So that was kind of good. An interesting choice. Especially with, like, medicine compared to a real hero, they were used in the same scenes. Medicine gives a completely different impression to a real hero. Completely. It's kind of interesting. Like, I found it interesting. Those moments I found interesting where it's a clear choice. Like, I'm going to go with a song like Medicine. Or I'm going to commission a song like Medicine. Or the 1975 are going to write a song like Medicine. And not a real hero. Not a song that's like a real hero. But then there was times, like, when... Like, one of the most iconic scenes in the whole film is in the lift, and Ryan Gosling turns around, 
and kisses Carrie Mulligan. It's just like dreamlike sequence. And then he absolutely beats the shit out of this guy. Who, by the way, looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Looper. But anyway, I was like, is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his... <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his... Uh, in his Bruce Bruce Willis makeup. Anyway, but it's a really powerful scene because it's him saying to Kerry Mulligan, "I love you. I'm gonna kiss you now. It's gonna be amazing. But you're. A, but this is the last chance. I, I want to seize the moment of. This is the last moment you'll think I'm a hero. You'll think I'm a savior. You'll think I'm this cool guy who lives next door who maybe can I can escape with." Like, this is the last chance I will be that to you because I'm about to beat the shit out of this guy and I have to or else he's going to hurt you or he's going to hurt your son. And it's such a beautiful moment and such like this magical moment and then there's just shit music plays. This is really overbearing music. It feels like medicine and other scenes, he kind of, Zanglo kind of like toned, like dialed it down. But then in scenes like this, he went too big. And the scene ends, like, I think after, I think it's when Ryan Gosling's following Hellboy, I'm calling him Hellboy, following Hellboy's, um, the gangster's car, and the Bastille song plays, and it just doesn't fit at all, it's just not, one, it's not a very good song, I'm sorry, Bastille, I've seen you live, you're a good band, um, but it's just not a very good song, it doesn't fit it at all, and it just ruins it, so there were just certain scenes that were, there was, there were some scenes that a different impression was given, like the scenes that used medicine and the more melancholy songs. And there were some scenes where, like, at the beginning where he uses churches and towards the end where it's Bastille, where it just doesn't suit it and it makes it worse. And that's kind of... I guess that's the point of the experiment, you know? Sometimes that's going to happen, but it was just kind of disappointing to... Like, if, you, if you're going to ruin something, don't ruin the best scenes, you know? Especially the, the lift scene. Um, let me see if I've got any more thoughts. I wrote, I kind of wrote, wrote, wrote some notes afterwards. Um, I mean, just on drivers, as like a whole thing, it's much more violent than I remembered. Like, I kind of forgot how violent the shootout in the motel is. Like, I remember her getting shot, but I don't remember her brains getting absolutely blown out of her head. And then you get a very clear shot of him stamping on that guy's head in the lift. But I like it. And oh, there's a really gr- gross bit of Brian Cranston's wrist getting slashed. It's disgusting. Brian Cranston's great in this, by the way. Uh, he's he's like you you know who exactly who he is. I think he played it perfectly. He's kind of this a bit of like a Weasley guy, but he's got a good heart. Like you like him, but you know he's just like maybe not telling you 100% the truth when it comes to money or trying to get a little bit more money out or a little less, giving a little less money. So he's a bit of like a weasel, a bit mistrustworthy, but he's got a good heart. And I think he perfectly encapsulated that. I really liked his performance. I think the first time you watch Drive, the, the issues with the dialogue, I you don't notice. I think a lot of people who watch this for the first time love it. And I did. I was obsessed with this film when I first watched it. And I was like 16. Because um, it's kind of violent. But it's also... I think it was one of the first films that I watched that was... Maybe not. But maybe it's not one of the first films that I watched. Not that I watched. I do have a point. That I watched that was kind of 
slow. It's quite a slow film. Like, they really take their time. There's a lot of just... There's some really nice moments, actually. And I, I kind of think some people wouldn't like this. But there's a moment where... It's at night, and Ryan Gosling's kind of looking out the window, and Kerry Mulligan walks over and hands him his jacket. And they're kind of... Just kind of looking at each other and smiling. And the tension, just... The kind of the excitement and the tension between them is so beautiful. And they kind of... He says, like, are you free on Saturday or something like that? And there's just this kind of, like, giggly eye contact. They don't say much. And it's just a really... I thought a really good choice. Because... That is why it kind of conflicts with my other thoughts on the film. Like, in those moments, like, the moments between... Ryan Gosling and Kerry Mulligan, they're all unspoken, really. Like, all the moments they have between each other, like that moment when they're, like, eye contact and kind of giggling. The moments in the car where she, like, touches his hand. The moment in the, in the, in the lift where he kisses her. Which might even be in his head, we don't know. Those moments are all unspoken, and they're my favourite moments. But then there's these moments where the characters say exactly what's happening... Or the blocking like with the guy in the mirror shows exactly what's happening. And it just kind of doesn't really make much sense, you know? They kind of, they're kind of, these two, it was like they couldn't decide to trust, whether to trust the audience or not. Like, they, they decided that they could trust the audience with Karen Mulligan and Ryan Gosling's relationship. Like, they, they trusted us with that, they trusted that we'd believe that. But they didn't trust the, the other stuff. You know, it was just, it's just a bit conflicting. And I do kind of want to say that I think I've spoken a lot about what I don't like. And that probably comes with watching the rescore because there's more not to like. Um, However, I do really like the original. I think I'm going to watch it soon. Um, Maybe just like I'll have it on in the background now when I'm like doing stuff now after I finish recording. I do re- I, I do like the original. It's a good film. But I think just the faults became more clear with this when watching it now. And I don't know if that that's it's probably part of the rescore, but it's also part of like knowing the film kind of inside and out and because I've seen it quite a few times. I think it just maybe it just depends because I remember first what when I first watched Drive, the shot that I described where he's in the mirror overlooking the picture of the husband and the son. When I first watched it, I was like, oh my god, that what a clever shot. That's gene, that's like that's such a nicely framed shot. And at uni, as I say, I'd like did it, we were doing um a class on storyboarding and I storyboarded that shot and I and it was kind of it was really good one to use because it's really interesting blocking um but now it kind of seems a little on the nose you know but it, it does kind of work it does kind of work i just think there was a there was too much show don't tell no there was too much tell not show um oh i don't know what i'm saying i just i'm just conflicted on a lot of things and i think it was just made more obvious with the rescore version um, but I'd, I'd quite like to know other people's thoughts on the rescore version. If people have Amazon Prime, it's on there. And maybe what if you haven't seen Drive, watch the original and watch the rescore. 
It'd be interesting to see if you watch the rescore first, to be honest. If you go in and... But I think the original is a better experience, so watch the original first. But, like, yeah, I'd like to know people's opinions on the rescore, because I don't know, I hadn't really heard of it, but I would like to know what people think, especially fans of... I guess, I don't think... I think fans of Drive, like I kind of am, wouldn't like it. But maybe people who have no sort of love of the original... I'd like to know what they think, I think. Because I, I saw... I've seen... I looked kind of some brief reviews. I just googled Drive saying low version. Um, and, like, a lot of the articles about it, like, from, like, Enemy N- and stuff like that, are just kind of, like... It kind of falls flat. It's a good experiment if it falls flat, which is kind of what I agree with. But I'm interested to know if anyone actually prefers it, to be honest. Because it's definitely a possibility. Um, but, yeah, I think that's... I think that's going to be the episode. I... I hope this was interesting. I'm glad I picked... I was kind of struggling what to talk about this week because I've kind of got a couple of the next episodes like I know what I want to do. And then I kind of... I was flicking through my um, list on Amazon Prime and this came up and I was like, oh, why don't I do that one? Because I think it's interesting. I think sometimes it's... I find it difficult to have... Because a podcast is meant to be like long form. And I think when I just do a film on its own... I feel myself rambling um, because I get, I kind of do the review of the film. I talk about the film and then there's kind of like, I'm trying to like fill dead air because it's a podcast. It's meant to be longer. Like I felt with a couple of my episodes so far about like goal and cinema parody. So more, more or less goal, but that was like one of the first ones I recorded where like there wasn't, I kind of ran out of things to say after like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And like a podcast which is that long is kind of pointless, in my opinion. Like it needs to be a bit longer just to make it worth it, worth your time. So I'm glad I chose this one just because I had a lot to say. And I think it's a film that kind of raises questions about creativity and whether something like this is worth doing. I've kind of landed on the opinion that, like I said, I think it's a good creative process to see like, I can see people doing this at uni, like, or at film school, sorry. Um, like, seeing the effects of a different score, a different soundtrack being used on the emotional impact and our experience. So I think it's a good creative exercise. And it just seems a, tra- a, a strange film to choose to do it because the soundtrack is so iconic. It just seems like... It seems like you're setting yourself up to fail. And that's probably the challenge of it, right? I mean, I haven't... I'm probably going to look up some things that Zane Lowe said about it. I kind of want to know his thoughts because I want to know why he chose this film. He'll probably just say, oh, I love the soundtrack and I want to see if I could do something. Which is fine, but you're just setting yourself up to fail, in my opinion. Because the original is so iconic and I love... The original soundtrack on, like, the playlist on Spotify is amazing. There's a lot of songs in there that are kind of, like, the same feeling and it's great. Um, like a lot of songs that I love and listen to a lot are from that and they're kind of more to me just than the, the film but anyway they're kind of my final thoughts um, if anyone does have any thoughts or has what listened to this get please let me know on Twitter I guess I guess it seems weird saying that when I don't really have any proper listeners but well I, I, I guess I do um, but it seems too like influency to say Oh, get in touch with me on Twitter, guys. Come and talk to me. Um, but yeah, I'm genuinely interested in what people think about the rescore and Drive as a film. Because I think it's a film that a lot of people really like. Um, and it'd be, I think people 
I think people should revisit it because I think it does have some problems, but it also has some incredible moments. If you are enjoying Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast, please leave me a, a, a review. Give me a star rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to get some feedback or just hear what people are thinking. I'm getting more and more listeners. Like I kind of did like a semi-announcement to some people, um, like some close friends and family about me doing it, and people have been really kind so far, so I'm glad people are, are listening to it and enjoying it. Hoping to get some more people on soon as well. I feel like I keep saying that, but... I'm really looking forward to what the next few episodes and the next 50 episodes hold. Um, I'm really enjoying doing it. So thank you so much for listening and you'll hear me next week. Bye.